This is Joel Johnson, Senior Minister at Parkview Christian Church. I want to thank you for listening to our sermons online. If you have any questions, feel free to contact me by email at joeljohnson at parkviewfinley.org. Did you know that in preparation for a career in law, a lawyer will have studied for seven years, undergraduate, law school, and then have to take examinations to prove the retention of that information, their perspective in terms of the, the appropriate use of their learning. An architect preparing for their career will have five to seven years of dedicated study. A dentist will have purposely studied for eight years, undergrad and dental school. A doctor you can expect to have studied for 10 to 14 years. And after medical school, will, will that 14 years would include a residency. If they're a specialist, then there, there would be additional training and a, and a fellowship after the residency. Very clear, specific, purposeful development of their skill and awareness and understanding of how they, those things work. I'm glad to know that every one of these professionals has spent so much time diligently learning, preparing for the work that they'll have to do. Every one of these careers is, is, a, is, a, is a, an important job that impacts the lives of people, and they need to be well prepared. You know, every time that, that you and I have a, a desire to increase our knowledge or our ability we dedicate ourselves to the, the discipline of study. Maybe you, you understand that through your own preparation for your career, that you, after high school, very specifically studied for a time. Undergraduate, maybe graduate school, maybe went through a lot of very specific on-the-job training. You're probably still learning, going to seminars, taking instruction, learning as you work, honing your skills, developing your expertise so that you can do what you do with the highest level of, of skill. When we dedicate ourselves to the discipline of study, we, we grow. And we know that it takes years to master a specific skill or area of study. In fact, there's a, there's a rule of thumb that, that it takes 20 hours of study and practice to make someone proficient in any skill or area of study to provide you with an understanding of the basics, 20 hours. That's 45 minutes a day for a month. If, if you're diligent and dedicated in your study and practice, 45 minutes a day for an entire month. And that's just to take hold of the basics. In order to become an expert, it requires 10,000 hours of study and practice. That's three hours a day for 10 years. That's what it requires to be an expert. You could, you could condense, condense the length of time, study Six hours a day for five years, maybe, to become an expert, to, to hone your skill, to develop your understanding to an expert level, to have ultimate confidence in your ability. Maybe you would go eight hours a day for four years, like getting a bachelor's degree, and that would be your study in preparing yourself for expert level understanding. It's a lot of dedicated time, attention, energy, commitment. When we think about what it is for us to study the Word of God, 
with, we, we, we all want to deepen our understanding, to, to develop our skill in that. Some of us would claim that we're proficient in our understanding of the Word of God, that we can read it and understand what it means for our lives. Maybe we could lead a study for someone else or teach a class. We, we've, we've mastered the basics and become proficient. There are a few of us maybe that would claim to be experts in the Word of God, that we have spent the preparation and, and have confidence in our, our understanding and skill and interpreting and teaching and understanding. The, the question that we each have to answer is, no matter how we feel about our understanding, have we spent the time? Have we dedicated ourselves to the diligent study of God's Word? Have we, have we put in the work required to attain that status? Our sermon today is all about the study of the Word of God. It's a second part. Last week we talked about reading the Word of God, taking in the message that He has for us, growing in our download of information, and last week I talked to you about, about the importance of dedicating time to the reading of, of the Word of God and, and recognizing there are going to be times when you're reading that, that you come across a word that you don't quite understand or an idea that's complex or, or you're, you're, going to, you're going to come to questions that you have. And I encourage you just to, to keep a notebook by your Bible and just jot those words down, jot those, those complex ideas down to write out your questions so that they don't hinder you from your time reading. You can come back to those for deeper research and study. Today we're going to talk about what it is to study the Word of God and, and develop an understanding of the tools that will help you define those words and find deeper meaning to those concepts and answer some of the questions that you might have that come up from your reading. We're going to use a passage today from 2 Timothy chapter 3. I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me. Beginning of verse 14, the words will be on the screen behind me. If you want to use the YouVersion app today, you can open up the app on a phone or tablet, search under events for Parkview Finley, and find scripture and sermon notes there as well. You'll also today find the scripture passage printed in your bulletin. And we're going to use this passage as the example for what a, a Bible study will look like. So we're going to read their passage today and then dive into six pointers that I have for you to Dive into an effective Bible study. So let's begin with our passage, 2 Timothy chapter 3, beginning verse 14. As for you, but as for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of, because you know, you know those from whom you learned it, and how from infancy you have made the Holy Scriptures. You have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. There's so much meaning in the Word of God, His message for our lives, so much for us to, to glean from what it is that God is saying to us, and to recognize what it does within us as it teaches, rebukes, corrects, and trains us in righteousness so much for us to discover as we dedicate ourselves to a deeper understanding of what God has for us to learn. As you seek to dive into a study of God's Word, let me suggest that you would begin with prayer, that you would go before the Lord and ask Him to guide you in your study of His Word, that, you, that He would provide 
inside by the power of his spirit that indwells you as a believer. And that your study in the word of God would always begin with prayer. And that it wouldn't be a prayer that you open and close and then begin study, but that you would open up your heart and mind in prayer to the Lord and you would continue praying as you study. That as you come across information, you, you would speak to the Lord about it. You would ask the Lord to give you guidance and, and direction. That you would inquire of him to provide by the power of his spirit and openness of your heart and mind. That he would work in you to develop your understanding. That he would work in you to receive the message in the way that he intends for you to, to receive it. That you wouldn't misunderstand the truth of his word, but that he would, he would allow his spirit to provide the right understanding, direction, and clarity for you as you open up your life to him and discover what it is that he's saying to you through his word. Always begin with prayer and, and allow that prayer to sustain you through your time of study that you would be connected to the Lord, that you would have your heart and mind open to him. The second thing I would suggest to you as you study the word of God is that you would, you would research in, in the course of your study, that you would research context, setting, and, and situation, and that you would seek out the original intention of what the word of God says. You would read the surrounding text. And the very first thing we want to do is consider the context of the Bible verse that you're reading or the passage you're reading. If you pull a verse out of Scripture and try to decipher the meaning of that verse without considering the, the, the paragraph that it's in, without considering the chapter that's in, without considering the words that surround it, you're going to have an incomplete understanding of what that one verse says. If your study of the Word of God is focused on just a tiny snippet Without considering context, you're going to misunderstand the message of God's word. We have to always read the surrounding passage to gain the information of the original intention, to research who the author is and what their original audience that they were writing to was, to, to see the, in, the themes that are present in, in the paragraph, in the chapter, in the book of the Bible where we're reading. And to allow Scripture to inform us about the things we're reading in Scripture. When we come across a concept, the first thing we should do is look for other places in Scripture where that concept is described. And we use uh, concordance or a quick online search in Bible Gateway, an online Bible. You can search a keyword and find other passages where that, that word you're looking for might be found in Scripture. And, and use a test to take a test like you did in school. Use Scripture to inform your understanding of Scripture. It's there's already great information within the pages of the Bible. The first place to look is within the context of Scripture to help you develop an understanding of what those words and concepts mean. I would also encourage you to, to pick up a good study Bible. I've used the, the Life Application Bible for some devotional reading uh, for years. It has great helpful information, especially as you begin reading a, a passage, you want to develop an understanding of it of the, the facts that support it. At the beginning of each book of the Bible, you'll find a description of the author, of the style of writing that's there, the time frame in which it was written, a description of the themes that are present in that passage, and uh, a great deal about the location of, of where those people are when they're writing. We look at, at 2 Timothy chapter 3 as our example today, and, and what you would find in uh, a good study Bible is information that, that this is a letter written by Paul, from prison. He's in Rome, and he's been in prison there, and he's using his time in prison, isolated from people, to, to remember 
all, all of the people that he's connected to, friends in a variety of places, in churches that, that Paul has helped start and appoint leaders. And he's specifically in, taking his time in prison to encourage those people in their faith. And 2 Timothy is a letter written to one of the people who see Paul as a mentor, who have a long-standing relationship named Timothy. And Paul is writing to encourage Timothy in his work at the church in Ephesus. That's where Timothy currently resides and where he's working. And so Paul's instruction to Timothy at this time include instruction for him as he leads the church in Ephesus, but they also include words to encourage him as a young servant for the kingdom, for the gospel, and how he can live his life faithfully and appropriately, and how he can strive to honor the word of God and lead the people that are around him where he's serving to a closer relationship with the Lord. And it's important for us to remember all those details, those facts, as we dive into the scripture and gain more understanding of, of how those words can make an impact in our lives. It's important for us to read the, the genre of literature. And this is a, a letter in 2 Timothy chapter 3, a, a personal letter. And we understand those words directed toward one person in a particular context. Now, we can learn from that letter, but we have to be specific in the application of that information and understand when Paul is talking to Timothy about the people in Ephesus and, and when Paul is talking to Timothy about what it is to live a faithful life and grow in our relationship with the Lord and apply those things that are meant to be applied to us. Now, there are a variety of, of genres throughout Scripture. There's the law back in the, the first five books of the Bible, history. There's a wisdom literature and Proverbs, Psalms, Solomon, Solomon uh, poetry that's present in those. Uh, there's the prophets, minor prophets, major prophets. We move into the New Testament with the Gospels, this, this uh, description of the life and ministry of Jesus. Uh, there are letters written. Uh, there's history in the book of Acts. Uh, Paul wrote many of the letters in the New Testament. There's also general letters to read. The book of Revelation is apocalyptic prophecy. Uh, just a, a variety of different styles in writing. It's important for us to, to understand the information we're receiving within the right style and to understand the situation where we're reading. If you remember when we did our study in the book of Revelation, it was letters to the seven churches, and each church was located in a different city. And we began our study considering the location of the city, the culture around it, the different religions present, the, the politics, the, the kind of industry that was present, the uh, availability of travel, and allowed all of that information to help us understand the meaning of the words. It's important for us to gain a, a, a historical reference point as we research to, to understand completely what it is that the passage is saying to us. And so research and context setting and situation are critically important to gaining an understanding of the original intention of the word as we then consider what it means for us. The, the third thing I would suggest to you in beginning your study of the Word of God is that we would look for text clues. Now, I know I have boys in high school, and we've had a conversation several times about when are we going to use the information we're studying in school? We have, we have English class, we're studying foreign languages, we're doing math, and got these complex equations. How much of this do we really need for life? Now, here's a great opportunity to use the skills that you learned in high school English class. How to diagram a sentence, how to, how to relate words together that are in a series that are adjectives and adverbs that describe other words in a sentence, how to, how to use prepositional phrases and tie meaning together and understand the flow of information as it's written accurately. Looking for text clues is the way that you use that. And so one of the things that you'll do when you're reading scripture is to look for repetition. 
to find important details because either they're repeated or words in front of them repeated. Jesus had a habit in the Gospels. When he was about to say something really important to someone, he would repeat himself. He would say, truly, truly, I say unto you. And the word truly is, is listed twice. It's in repetition. And what he said directly after that is important. Or he would talk to a person and say, Mary, Mary, I say to you. And, and what he said to her after repeating her name was important for her to hear. There are places in Scripture where we'll, where we'll read information, and then the next verse we'll read the same kind of information. We recognize that repetition is present for a reason, and it draws our attention in. As you read through the, the history, uh, you'll notice that, that occasionally the events of Scripture happen on a mountain. And when you recognize that the people present are on a mountaintop, usually things that happen in relationship with God happen on those mountaintop experiences. And so when you, when you see the events unfolding and, and the, the people that are described are on a mountaintop, watch very carefully for what God is going to do in the process. When you're reading, it's important to notice uh, when there's a series, when there's an if-then clause, and, and you see things happening as a result of other things happening. As you see words that are paired together specifically, and you want to look for conjunctions and look for words that tie concepts and ideas together. Scripture contains a lot of parallelism as it relates one subject to another and, and helps us understand concepts by describing them in different ways. As you read, it's important to expand a passage to highlight specific words that you want to get more information about, maybe even put them into a chart. So one of the, one of the ways I want to provide an example for you is to expand our passage from this morning and, and find meaningful truth within that passage by highlighting words that we want to know more information about. And I, we're limited here on a Sunday morning. We have a half hour for our sermon time. This is a class I could teach for hours probably, uh, but we're going to just cover the basics to give you a proficiency level understanding of how to expand scripture. I'd love to talk with you more about the way you can use this information to dive deep into the, your understanding of the word of God. But let's, let's turn back to 2 Timothy. 3, beginning of verse 14. And we'll just read these first two verses and then begin to expand. But as for you, continue in what you've learned and have become convinced of because you know those from whom you learned it. And how from infancy you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Christ Jesus. Now our passage begins with a conjunction. Some conjunctions are inclusive. The word and brings together what was before and what is after and brings that information together. Some conjunctions are contrary, and a, a conjunction like but takes information before and information after and shows you how they're opposed. And so whenever you begin a verse with a conjunction, you always want to go back and read what came before it and gain an understanding of what we're, what we're linking together or what we're comparing in, in a, by means of opposition. And so I'll just summarize for you the first 13 verses of, of chapter 3 in 2 Timothy rather than reading through all that. Paul is writing to Timothy, and the theme of his letter is encouragement. He wants to encourage Timothy in his leadership, especially of the church of Ephesus. In chapter 3, he says specifically, you are going to experience difficult times, and you're going to experience difficult people. That's insightful. But here's why everything is going to be difficult. People are going to be selfishly driven. They're going to be deceitful. They're going to try to, to use their circumstances for their own gain. Even in terms of faith, you're going to encounter people who claim a, a relationship with Jesus, but, but it's counterfeit. It's, it's meaningless. And they're using their identification with the Lord to put themselves forward and to gain personally. And then Paul began to describe his own experience. He so said, you, you know my 
life. You know how hard things have been. You know how I've experienced persecution and difficulty. And then we get to verse 14, but. So we have, we have this description of difficult things and persecution. And Paul says then, but as for you. And so when I get to a conjunction, I circle that conjunction to remind myself to put those things together and, and consider the information. But as for you, and Paul is, is moving from a general description from his own experiences to then have Timothy think about his own life and experience. As for you, continue in what you have learned and have become convinced of. Here's two very important things for Timothy. To not falter in his service to the Lord because of the difficulty he's going to experience, but to remember those things that you've been convinced of. Those important pieces. And and part of Paul's writing was to remind Timothy the, the value of the truth he had because it came from reliable sources, because of the way Paul mentored him specifically, because of the, the faith that was a part of Timothy's life because his mother and his grandmother taught him scriptures from an early age. From infancy have known the holy scriptures which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. That scripture's intention in our lives is to bring us into relationship with the Lord. And scripture's intention when we use it to teach other people is to help bring them to a relationship to, to understand salvation, to make us wise for salvation. And wisdom is the application of knowledge in our decision-making. And so what we understand is that Scripture teaches us everything we need to know to make a decision about our own salvation because of our faith in Jesus Christ, through our faith in Jesus Christ. And so we highlight these important pieces and continue diving into the information we have. All Scripture is God-breathed, is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now, I use a highlighter sometimes to, to point out important things. Now, when I'm reading the Bible, sometimes I'll just underline all the things I'm reading to remind myself to come back and read them again. But when I expand a passage, I have to do more than just underline because I've already done a lot of underlining. And so then I would use a highlighter to, to point out this very important piece of information. All scripture is God breathed. Every bit of scripture is God's message for our lives. Now it's not a direct quotation that God spoke that we would expect if we were reading this phrase literally. And we always want to take scripture literally until it's very clear that we shouldn't take it literally. And so when we hear this this phrase, all scripture is God breathed, then we develop an understanding of, of what Paul meant by this phrase. All scripture is a message from God for our lives. And the word in the original language, Greek, uh, for breath is a similar word to the spirit of God in, in a description of his, of his nature, this idea of, of wind or breath. And so uh, pneuma is the Greek word that, that brings our attention to the, the active role of the Spirit in the message of God. And that everything we find in Scripture, it, God intended for our understanding. And he, by the power of the Spirit, inspired the writers. When it's not God's specific voice that's being quoted, it's still God's message. And it does something in us. And here's the next piece that we want to we recognize, that all Scripture is God-breathed and it's useful in these specific ways. And so when I come to a series, I number all the things in a series. And so it's useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. And as we read scripture and dive into its meaning, we find these things that work in our lives. When we open our hearts and minds to the Lord, that he's teaching us. He's informing us about the truth that he wants us to know, the truth that becomes a foundation for our lives. He's teaching us to understand who we were made to be in him 
how we approach the world around us. As we're learning from this teaching, we're being rebuked by the word. Now, rebuke is an old word that basically means that Scripture points out wrong. And a, a portion of Scripture is, is the law of God, the, the moral boundaries God has for our lives. And as we read Scripture and we learn, we learn those things that are a part of our lives that are out of bounds, that are off limits, that we're, that, that, that we're doing that are wrong, that we're saying that are wrong. And Scripture teaches us what sin looks like, all those things that violate the law of God. As it points out to us those things that are wrong, it also corrects us. It also teaches us about how we turn away from those wrongs and turn back to God, how we resolve those wrongs, how we walk away from those wrongs, and then it teaches us and trains us in righteousness. And, and it doesn't just tell us how to resolve wrong in our life, it also tells us how to step forward doing what is right, living faithfully devoted to the Lord, serving his will and his way. And so scripture is God-breathed, it's useful for these four things, so that, and so that is one of those uh, if-then kinds of clauses that as we are taught by Scripture and we see these things happening, we understand that this then follows so that the servant of God. And so I just want to pause and, and focus on that word servant. We've been talking about to Timothy about all the people he's going to encounter. Paul talked about his experience. And then in verse 14 turned and said, but you remember your experience with the people who've taught you. And now Paul is then returning to a general audience so that the servant of God, any servant of God, every servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And as we, as we understand the, the, what follows from our teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training, that we'll be prepared, equipped, thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now there's an adverb and two adjectives, and we want to be specific about these descriptive words and what they describe. We are learning from God's word so that as servants of God in his kingdom, we may be equipped for work. How equipped are we going to be for the work that God calls us to? We're going to be thoroughly equipped. We're going to have everything that we need. Now, I happen to like to do home improvement projects. I haven't studied and trained to be a contractor to build anything specifically. I just like doing that kind of stuff. And so what I find is that as I have work to do, I'm occasionally ill-equipped for the work. When I'm upstairs on the second floor of our house in the bathroom and there's a screw that needs tightened or a baseboard that's loose, I find myself without the right tool for the job. Sometimes I'll have you know, a putty knife that I've left out from something that I'm doing. And I see a baseboard that needs put back and I use the butt end of the putty knife and I pound it back in. Now that's not what a putty knife's intended for, but I use it for that. If there's a screw that's loose, a putty knife has a blade on it. I can use that to tighten a screw. It's not easy, but I can do it. And sometimes I end up damaging a tool because I've used it for the wrong thing. Sometimes I end up damaging the thing that I'm working on because a putty knife is much wider than a screwdriver. And I end up scraping the things around the screw as I'm turning a putty knife. Now, if I wanted to be thoroughly equipped for the work that I'm doing, I would get the very specific tool for the job that I was doing. The problem I have is that my tool chest is in the basement in workroom down there. And so if I'm in the bathroom and there's a screw loose, I have to go down two flights of stairs to get a screwdriver and then go back up two flights of stairs to find the loose screw and tighten it. If I grab the wrong screwdriver, which I don't realize until I get upstairs and go, oh, that's the wrong one. I have to go back down two flights of stairs get the right screwdriver and go back up two flights of stairs. And I'm not 
I'm a, I'm a bit of a lazy person. I don't want to go up and down multiple flights of stairs. So what's the solution? I get a toolbox or a tool belt, and I put every tool in there that I'm going to need for anything I might encounter while I'm in the bathroom, working on something in the bathroom. So that when something happens, I can pull out the right tool for the right job. So I'm thoroughly equipped so that I have the tool for anything that needs done. That's what this means. That spiritually speaking, when we allow the word of God to do its work in us, to teach us, rebuke us, correct us, and train us in righteousness, God will provide every tool in our spiritual tool belt so that when we find ourselves serving, when we find ourselves encountering people who need cared for and prayed for, we will have exactly what we need for the situation. They'll be thoroughly equipped for work. No, 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 for good work. For good work that is part of God's plan in his kingdom. Not just some of the good work, for every good work. We will be thoroughly equipped for every eventuality, for each and every situation. God will have provided to us through his word everything that we need at our disposal. If we open our heart and mind and allow him to, to do what he does through his word in our lives. Now this, this is one way that I expand a, a passage of scripture. I, I draw my own attention to key words and develop a deeper understanding of what God's word means to me by, by using literary skills that I used in high school and have forgotten along the way. I go back and remember those things and, and I, I highlight and I underline, I draw arrows and I circle things to expand my understanding of what God's word has to say to me. And I want to encourage you to, to dive into that process, to use the, the things that I use, to, to try your own method of expanding God's word. And as you encounter difficulty, ask. I'd love to walk through a passage of, of scripture with you and, and talk about meaning and, and develop a mindset for how that works. As you, as you come across words and concepts and, and questions, I want to encourage you, uh, number four in your study, uh, we're going back to that list of, of six things, back to number four, that you would use a reliable commentary, that you would find resources that you can use as research for your understanding of scripture that you can count on and trust. I use uh, the College Press commentary for w one of the commentaries I use. Uh, it's one that I really like. I know most of the authors or, or I know about most of the authors. And it's important uh, to have a voice in your life that you can trust that will teach you about the Word of God. I want to I warn you about, about study Bibles and commentary that when you pick up information about the Word of God, that you would remember that God's word is infallible. It is true and accurate and reliable. But anything written about God's word is going to be limited, incomplete, and inaccurate. Why? Because it's written by a person about their perspective of what God's word says. Now, it's going to contain valuable information, but not all of the information is going to be right and true and valuable. And so as students of the word, as we study God's word, we need to use discernment. We need to pray and allow God's spirit to help point out things that are wrong. And we need to be willing to sift, to find the, the true useful nuggets and use them to deepen our understanding and sweep away all of the chaff, sweep away all the stuff that's, that's false, that's misleading. And we need to, be, to remember that every voice that we listen to in life will influence our thinking. 
And if you find a preacher that you like to listen to on the radio or on television or online, if you have a, an author that you like to read that talks about God's word, if you, if you choose a commentary, the voice that you give room in your life will influence your thinking. And you need to investigate that author or that speaker. Find out what their perspective is. Find out what their theology looks like. Find out what kind of church they come from because their denomination the beliefs of their denomination, the theological framework of their denomination will be evident in their speaking and in their writing. And when you open your mind and your ear and you read and listen to what it is they have to say, their voice will begin to influence your thinking, will begin to indoctrinate you according to that theology. So don't be surprised if you hear a Baptist preacher and you love the way he talks, but then you start to think about the Bible differently than you ever thought before because you're being indoctrinated slowly by the influence of that voice. And I've known faithful people who have a clear and accurate understanding of God's word, who have listened to a voice on the internet, who have has started following a, a personality on YouTube and they their, their perspective about God's word, their perspective about their relationship with the Lord and their faith in him begins to get skewed. And they question their belief system. They question scripture. They question their faith in God, sometimes to their detriment, sometimes to the point where they walk away from the word of God from the church they attend or even from the Lord. So I want to caution you as you open your heart and your mind and your ears to another voice outside of scripture that you would be careful and discern and sift that information so that it will be beneficial to your faith and to your life. So make sure you use a reliable commentary. Make sure that you're careful about the voices that you allow to influence your life. The fifth thing I would encourage you to do is to consider how the text applies, no, no, that you would talk to other people in your life about the passage that you're studying, that you would use the relationships God has provided to you, your accountability partner, your mentor, and that you would talk about the things you're learning and you would bounce those ideas off of those trusted people in your life. I would also suggest you use the resources around you. You think about the ministry team leaders, the connect group leaders, the, the Sunday school teachers, the ABF teachers here at the church who are leading, who are willing to, to talk to you about Scripture. I, I want to encourage you to think about the elders of our church, uh, Jerry and Bob and Brent and Barry and myself, that you would be willing to ask us questions about the things you're studying, that you would be willing to invite a discussion to happen about, about how you're growing in your understanding of the Word of God, that you would think about the ministers on staff of myself and Sean and and. Jonah and Mike, that whenever you had a question that you weren't quite sure about, that you would be willing to take those questions to one of us. I've got a secret to tell you about the leaders at our church. We love to talk about the word of God. And I know sometimes when you come across something in scripture that you don't understand, it's, it's an intimidating thing to, to ask a question of another person. You don't want to be judged. You don't want people to think that you, you don't know the Bible as well as you'd like to. But I've got to tell you, the problem you're going to have when you ask a question of one of our leaders here is getting us to stop talking, stop talking about the Word of God. Because we, we'll just keep going and keep going. We, we love to answer questions. We, we would love to open up a Bible and walk with you through a passage and talk to you about what it means. Don't be afraid to ask questions. Don't be afraid to use the resources God has put at your disposal with the leaders around you at the church. We would love to help point you to a deeper understanding of God's Word. Now, the sixth and final thing we're going to talk about in our study of God's Word is that you would consider how the text applies to your life and your circumstances. And I left this 
for last on purpose. Most of us, when we read and study the Word of God, the first thing that we do is we think about our own lives, our own perspective, and the problems that we're facing right now. And we demand that the Bible answer those questions and those problems and those concerns. And we press into Scripture our perspective. Over and over again, we, we demand the Bible meet us in the selfish place where we are. And when we do that, we limit what it is the Bible will say to us because we're only looking for the things that meet us where we are. And so the first thing we do in Scripture is consider its original author, audience, and intention. We research and learn about those details so that when it comes time to apply the meaning of Scripture to our lives, we can apply the, the important pieces that are meant for that application in the appropriate ways. And we don't twist Scripture to mean something that it was never intended to mean. And we don't limit Scripture's access to our hearts and minds because we're not willing to look at things beyond our own narrow perspective, but we allow God's Word to work in us, to grow us, to deepen us, and prepare us so we'll be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I want to challenge you today to allow God's Word to prepare you to serve His kingdom, to allow it to prepare you for the people you're going to encounter, to allow it to teach you what you need to know, to, to have those important conversations that you're going to have, that you would have the tool in your tool belt to encourage the people in your life that need to be prayed for by you, that need to be cared for by you, that need to be pointed to the Lord, and that every opportunity that comes up, you would faithfully step forward into that opportunity, that you would serve God in his kingdom, and you'd be well prepared to do so. Would you join me in prayer? God, I want to thank you for your word. I want to thank you for the truth that's present. I want to thank you for the way that you intend your word to work in our lives. And I ask, God, that you would open our hearts and minds, that you would, you would inspire us to invest our time and energy and attention so that your word has room to mold and shape our lives, so that your word has time in our hearts and minds to teach us and rebuke us and correct us and train us in righteousness. God, let us be faithful to your word by understanding it, discovering its truth, and living according.